Football Fridays presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. So, PK, the question of the day. It feels like we've been down this road before. But it also feels like this road is finally changing. Change is coming. No Power 5 opponent for Utah in the non-con. Who did that? Who dropped non-con and cracked you up? When did that start? Was that a year ago or two years ago? Had to be two years ago because there was no non-con last year. Uh, I was thinking it was a Pac-12 lady. Yeah. No Power 5 opponent in the non-con. Why doesn't Utah play a tougher non-conference schedule? Well, the short answer to that is when they went to the Pac-12, they didn't think they could handle any more on the schedule. So, Big Sky, Mountain West, BYU, that was pretty much the formula. And don't, don't double down on anything tougher than that. Now it's finally changed, and because they build schedules out, it's probably changing five years too late for Ute fans. But it's about to change here with Florida and Baylor coming on the schedule. Good. They need to do it, if not one, two. Uh, They do have one of those coming up in uh, 2023. They'll be playing both Florida and Baylor. so They'll have the two. Yeah, I don't know that those things are built out 10 years. We saw that uh, SC and LSU are playing in two years, and they just announced it. I think there's games to be had. It's a mixed bag. The Utes have an open game in four years, and Mark Harlan has said they're probably going to plug themselves into the new alliance to fill that date. So that's that one's four years out. But they do have games that are 10, 11 years out, so it gets to be a mixed bag. I think Utah is on the precipice. I don't think they're quite there yet, but I think they're on the precipice, and I'm not even sure what precipice means. It sounds fancy. The edge. That that they should be considered a national program. When you're putting this many guys, these many guys, into the NFL on a consistent basis now, not a one-shot deal. We'll see about BYU if they, you know, built up toward it and had it this past draft but is it more than just a one-shot deal? you got to do it repeatedly. Utah does it repeatedly. So they have a national program. They recruit to an extent nationally. Uh, you know, It's no big deal now, no big, uh, wow, I didn't see that coming, when they get somebody from Florida or Texas or whatever it might be. They got a kid, this Bishop kid, out of Georgia, right? And he's a freshman, and he's contending for playing time at safety right off the bat. Talked to him about coming all the way out over here. Well, you know, he said, yeah, sure. They thought it was people in his circle thought it was a little bit bit odd. And he thought it was a bit odd at first. But as he researched it and he credited Morgan Scally doing a great job recruiting. Uh, but he saw what they did in the secondary. And that if you're a good player at Utah in the secondary, you're probably a pro. And you're probably going to, you're certainly going to get a look. There's no question about it. They have a, that reputation now. We don't even bat an eyelash when a Marquise Blair goes to Seattle or wherever uh, Burgess goes to the Rams. I mean, those are you know, two kids off the top of my head, and we know about Blackman and Johnson. I mean, we can sit here for 15 minutes and name them all. 
So they are a national program in that respect, and I think their schedule needs to reflect that they are a national program. They need to go big time, as big time as they can go. Because you look at the division that they're in, or the conference, well, why they play a power five. Okay, well, let's strip that back, man. Usually there's two or three teams that suck, and they slaughter, right? We don't necessarily know who they are. They change from time to time. But it's not like every game is... Is a grind. Yeah, I just don't see it. No, it hasn't been. Not for them. No, they've worked UCLA, and uh, one time they they don't, they don't play they play Cal every other year. You know, two years on, two years off. But man, Cal came in one night and just got drilled. It wasn't very interesting at all. They had him. They had him early. I think Cal had a quarterback injury too. So, but uh, they they have worked some teams over the years, blown them out. Yeah, they're a national program. They're a big time football program. And you can see, going back, looking at the draft, how things have changed. I mean, it's 21 players drafted now in the last four years, so you're averaging more than five players drafted per year, and and you didn't miss at all? No. (laughs) And they had 13 guys drafted in six years when they first joined the league. So... You've gone from two NFL guys in every draft to five in a draft, but that's more pronounced because the guys who are a year away from being drafted who aren't eligible yet, they're still pretty good players, not usually coming out of nowhere. That may change with more uh, transfers coming in and just doing the one year. Uh, but so really, back then you had four NFL guys who were you know late in their careers and could really impact the game. Well, now you probably have ten. You do. So it's a much. It's, yeah. it's not just the draft. you got to think, well, these guys are probably having a, at least a couple good years you know, before they go. Or should they choose to come back as opposed to put their names in? Mm-hmm. And Utah has a high percentage of guys that come back, which says something about the program too. So I think they need to do away with these Mountain West teams. I don't know how else to say it. So Mark Harlan just did a long interview with Dave Fox, and they ran some of it on Sunday. But he was talking about the alliance, and he said, um, our next available date is in 2025, and we'll probably do something with the alliance to fill that date. And he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, you know, as teams naturally, you know, things come up and they move off the schedule, we'll put in some alliance games there. So you can Google it and look at it, and I am right now, and you may be too, but Mark made it pretty clear, just because it's on the schedule right now in a certain day or year, you know, whether they're pushing games to the future or games are just going away altogether, that is certainly on the board. You know, he didn't want to announce anything, but he didn't accidentally throw that out there. Something's something's going on or they're planning to have something happen down the yeah, line. Yeah, and that's great, but I'm not impressed just because of this alliance because there's a lot of dog teams. Oh, who do you get, right? And who yeah. do you get in what year? I mean, does Nebraska look really good right now? But when Michigan came in, people were pumped for that, and Michigan wasn't even great. Those were good. Yeah, but they, you can't Michigan control teams. that. That's their problem, not your problem. Depends on how far out you schedule, right? Um, who knows? They're going to fill that 2025 date, but are they going to fill it in the next six months, or are they going to wait and hold it and do it just a year or two out? Were there lessons learned when stuff was thrown together real quick last year? Hey, why not? Why not hold for 2025? You're trying to create TV properties, so create the best one. Make sure the Utes are good. Make sure the opponent is good. Well, all that stuff is just, I don't want to hear it. 
schedule yourself a much tougher non-conference schedule than you've done for 10 years. That's the bottom line. You think you're SC's rival? Fine. Think whatever you want. I don't care. But then you need to be in the ballpark that they're doing. And you need to have – and you're never going to have a rivalry uh, to the level of the SC Notre Dame. I get that. But the other times, schedule it. Because this is a big-time football program that should be playing all over the country. And it's stadium size, whatever. I mean, Oregon's going to to Columbus. And uh, Ohio State was supposed to go to Oregon last year. And their stadium isn't any bigger than what the Utes play in. And the stadium's just fine the way it is. Uh, it's actually great. It's better than fine. And so I want to see big-name programs coming in here, whoever it might be. I want to see it. And a home-and-home. Home. Well, the home-and-home home with Florida starts next year. Starts, starts in Gainesville, and then Florida will be here in two years. So that's the next big one. The other names on the schedule, Baylor, Arkansas, Wisconsin and LSU. Those are the home and homes they've laid out over the next 12 years. That's great. But should be every year from it's, here on out. Yeah, it's 9 of 12 right now from here on. Not counting this year, but in the next 12 years they got year. 9. And this year's schedule isn't near good enough. One year, yeah, and this is the only year that'll look like this going forward right now is uh in 27. It's Wyoming, Houston and BYU. Well, but we'll like see if enough. they move that around. So you're yeah. a big-time program. Your schedule should reflect it. Play these big intersectional games. Go out and pitch yourself and get it done. Play in Dallas. Play in Vegas, wherever it might be. Have a huge national interest marquee matchup early in the season. I think you should because I think this program deserves it. It's on the level of all these other programs. You know, you just you take the top tier, the same four or five teams that are competing for the playoff every year, and they've separated themselves. But the next group, I think the Utah football program is right there with them. You know, maybe a lower end, whatever, you can debate it all you want. But I believe they're in that next tier. To see Utah be ranked now, it's expected. It's no big surprise. And to see them send a pipeline to the NFL, it's expected. It's no big surprise. I guess the question is, will we still expect it and will it be no big surprise after Kyle retires, whenever well, that is? Well, he's not retired now, so why are we talking about that? Man? Well, because we're talking about scheduling over the next decade, and you made it clear you do not believe he will be here a decade from now, which makes sense. He'd be well, in his he's 70s. He's clear. Yeah. Uh, he's got a plan. Well, I don't care about that, man. You're not going to. Well, we're going to schedule dogs because we might make a bad hire. That's not the way you. Not the nope. way you do things. Well, it's not, and it's not the way they've done it because the Wisconsin and LSU stuff is out there. I don't. That's a long way out there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I mean, they're not going to be uh, 11 and one every season. We understand that, but they continue to put in a number of NFL guys every year. It, there's no exceptions, and you're right. If they're putting in five, that means they got ten because there's some freshmen and sophomores that are NFL caliber or some juniors that decided to come back for their senior year. Looking at you, Zach Moss. 
Yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. So they're they're an excellent, excellent program. I mean, I I, I can't emphasize uh, what they're doing. And 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 the thing about it is they're doing it. That's the great thing, is it's getting done. It's going forward. Mark, I think Mark Harlan has come in. He's recognized the situation. And he's decided, we're going to do better than this. Because he knew. And that was the great thing about it, is that the other administration, and and Chris Hill was awesome, no doubt about it, but they grew up together, became big time. And Mark came in from the outside knowing full well that they were already big time. He saw it from a distance. You see what I'm saying? So he approached it from the, there was no history there. He knew that the U of U football program was big time already. And he's come in with a big time mindset. We are as good as pretty much everybody out there. You know, you got Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. I'm not saying the Utes are on that level. If I do, a bunch of Cougar fans are going to, Punch me in the head, metaphorically, right? So I want to make sure I'm not saying that. But look but, at what look at what other brand name programs. Yes, Texas, Michigan oh, they're State. They're better than them. They're better they, than them. You went to Michigan State, beat them, and that Michigan State season unraveled. Like a and, drum. Yeah, <laughs> like a drum. Yeah. Oh, they totally did. I mean, the score wasn't indicative. I was at that game, and they dominated. They absolutely dominated that game. So the great thing about Harlan is he's come in with an outsider's perspective, and he's seen that this is a big time program. He already knows it, right? And and I don't know. Was it? I think the expansion for the stadium was they they had that in the plans and all, but certainly under Harlan's watch, it got done, and deservedly so. I mean, they they've got. Everything you need. I can't think that they they lack anything to be a big-time program that they already are. It's not like they have to get – you know, I guess they have to get to that level up there that those select handful well, – but I don't know if that's realistic, man, well, because so many schools aren't doing that. that. Win a conference title is the next step. After that, you can worry about, okay, win the conference title and go to the playoff. And the playoff may be changing here. You'll see how that goes. But your your point is, if you're routinely in the top three, four, five teams in your league, which they have been, then play the teams that are the top three, four, five teams in the league in these other leagues. Which I think they should be doing. And, and, Which is what and, and, Florida is, right? Arkansas and it looks like isn't. what, Mark, that's his intention. Right. So you've got to give him credit for building up. Because, you know, he couldn't come in and just change everything right. overnight and just dash well, that's all why these you teams look at that these... were on the schedule. Yeah, this is good. It's What he's doing is good. Nine, nine of the next 12 seasons, they've got at least one of these opponents you speak of. One of them, they've got an open, one of the three that they don't, They've got an open game, and he said he's going to fill it, so that'll be 10 of 12. Yeah. And he's hinted at moving people off the schedule. So in 27, they filled the schedule up with Wyoming, Houston, and BYU. I'm a little hesitant to put Arkansas on that list, though. Yeah, I get it. I get now, it. maybe they'll be better. Right. Maybe at that time. And you can't control that. 
Uh, you have no... You, well, I think Florida's a good example of a program that could be yeah. average, could be good, could be great. But I think Florida's good they enough. They're, when you made the, when you put Florida on the schedule, they are a name brand. So Wisconsin and LSU are good enough then? In my mind, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Whether they will be the particular season, I can't say. And Baylor's uh, been all over the map as well. I, I give, I, I'll put Baylor in that category of of being good enough. Maybe I'll be proven wrong when we get there. But they've largely been top three, four, or five in the league. Now, they have had a couple, whoops, kind of seasons. Well, they had some issues. What was the other guy? What's the guy's name, the coach that, they, that had to go away? Art Bryles. Bryles, there you go. And then this other kid, uh, the other guy who's now the Carolina coach, Rule. So they've gone through some coaches there. That um, is the truth. They have gotten into the Sacramento Kings kind of treadmill here. Um, they've had four coaches in six years. Yeah. So that just, as we've discussed a million times, that, that doesn't, doesn't lead work. Yeah. to uh, sustained success. What they need to get somebody in there, like Kyle, who <laughs> doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to stay. This is where he wants to be. He's completely content. And when you got that, that's why I think when Whittingham's, maybe when Whittingham is done, he'll be appreciated for what he's done. You know, be, we still get people wanting him can because they haven't won the conference. I get that. But you get down the conference. Winning the conference is basically a one-game deal after you just played nine. So it's somewhat arbitrary in that particular game. You know what I mean? Whereas before, all those years, it wasn't arbitrary. You won the conference because you played eight, nine conference games. You know what I mean? You weren't judged on one game, and somehow that's viewed as a failure. It's kind of crazy that way when you think about it, right? You play all these conference games, and then you're judged. It's like the, it's like the Big Sky in the Big West in basketball. You know, you play all these conference games, and then it comes down to a two or three game deal. It's it's somewhat unfair to say, "Well, Utah's the big negative mark is they haven't won the conference when they just went eight and one." And then they get in there with an NFL quarterback who looks like he's going to be a star in the NFL, and they lose that one game. Oh, you guys are bums. Well, especially because when you look at who is winning conferences, every conference has got a team that's won six in a row or eight out of nine, or those are the kind of stretches. So it goes back to your point about there's a level the Utes aren't at, but if you're not Oregon, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, you're not at that level because those are the five teams winning all the conference titles. Right, and that is, a, that is a cut above. So the Utes, and they're striving to get to that place. And maybe they can. I'm not going to put a limit on them. Maybe, as I say, they've got everything they need to be wildly successful. And they have been. So I, 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 to, I take a little bit of umbrage, and I don't even know what that word means. It's <laughs> fancy. That the criticism, oh, they, didn't, they haven't won the conference title. You go 8-1, and one and you lose this game that's played... Uh, it is. I mean, I hate to say it is what it is, but I mean that's hmm. the reality of it. Is that they they did and they did lose those two games, but still, yeah. there's ten other teams that wish they had the opportunity to lose that game, those two games. And I don't count last year. Last year was too screwy. So in my mind, they're the two-time defending South winners or first-place team, whatever you want to call it, because I. I reduced last year. I mean, the team that won the North didn't even play in a freaking game. So, 
forget that. Let's hope we never have that again. But this program has accomplished a ton, and we're seeing it going forward with the scheduling. And I want to see more of it. I want to see it consistently because this program has earned the right to play these games. So BYU is playing Baylor this year, and the Utes' two-year deal kicks in after that. Uh And Baylor, this is how all over the map the Baylor program has been and why you can't say it's a big-time game or it's it's an easy W. In the last six years, they've had two years where they double-digit wins, 10-3, 11-3. Really good teams. That'd be a really good game. They've had two years where they went 7-6. And And they've had a one-win season and a two-win season. That's crazy. <laughs> they are all over the map. So what do you get? We don't even know what BYU is going to get as far as a quality opponent this year, let alone what the Utes are going to get the two years after that. So, all right. Yeah, I D- agree with you. DJ and PK, when we come back, reaction to Kalani Sataki getting an extension. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Reactions pouring in. We'll get to it next.